ask, Father, for your power that would set us free from all those things that have held us bound for so long. That, that today would be a day of freedom. Today would be a day when we would enter into a relationship with you, Father, with you, Jesus, with you, Holy Spirit, like never before. Father, I thank you for the word that you've given me to bring over communion. And that this will be the day which will be the start of a whole new beginning for us. So, Father, I just commit myself and this message into your keeping. That none of us will leave today the same way we came. But you have a purpose and a plan. So, Father, anoint me to bring this message. And anoint us all to hear it and receive it. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I was looking at this year, 2023, uh, and I just got a phrase, free to be in 2023. You know, we've been under uh, so much where people have told us what to do, how to be, and what we can do and what we can't do. And it's been quite restrictive. And uh, depending on whether you followed, of course. But the thing about it is, um, I was looking at scripture to bring this message today. And a lot took it to Joshua chapter 3. And uh, Joshua, son of Nun, is secretly sent out two spies to spy out Jericho because he's wanting to take the land. And the two spies go in. waiting for the spies to come back to see whether it was right to cross or not. And I just had a sense that we're about to cross. <laughs> you know, but the thing was, the river was in full flood. And, and, and the message was, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the priests, while the Levites carrying it, you had to move out of your positions and follow it. But it was also impossible. You know, even if the river was not in flood, it would still be very difficult to cross the river. Uh, and, and so in uh, verse 4 it says, Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. <laughs> you know, if you're looking for something that was, uh, we're not going to have it. Because this is a new way. And, and so it's saying, when you see that, uh, and if you had to speak to me about covenant, covenant, and we're about to enter into a blood covenant with communion because that, that, that's a, a very special covenant. You know, looking throughout history, whether it's biblical history or history in the world, there are always covenants made. And uh, covenant is different than a contract. You know, if you have a contract, you want to buy a car or a house, you're in that relationship until it's paid for. But with a covenant, it's, it's forever. <laughs> you see, in a contract, the debts are mutually shared between the two parties or the two individuals. But with a, a blood covenant, this is what Jesus made with the Father. It means that all the assets and liabilities of one person are shared with the other. The talents of the second person, which would be me, 
Thank you. If I were to make a covenant with, with Pastor Gary, you know, that I, I was a poor woman and I, I, I owed about, you know, $10 million. Uh, and, and he was one to be in covenant with me. It means that half of that he would have to pay. Well, not too many people are going to do that, are they? But Jesus did. Jesus made that covenant with us. That everything he owns is ours. <laughs> and everything we own is his. So we get everything and he gets us. <laughs> and and it's, it's a wonderful thing that... Um, didn't want me to bring this message this morning. He tried everything to stop me from coming. And uh, I, knew, I knew it was a good one. It's just, uh, see, it all started in the, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, where, when they sinned. See, the Hebrew word for covenant is buried, which means to cut where the blood flows. And so there had to be the shedding of blood. And of course, what God did was he took the animal skin and the blood of the animal then was able to enter into a covenant with them for it was a swap of a blood of an animal with the, with, the, with the blood of the person. Most primitive religions or cultures have a blood covenant in its structure. It's always been very uh, sacred and I was led to read about David Livingston and Stanley. Yeah, you, you know, they, they didn't know anything about a covenant that could be broken. In fact, the shaking of hands, which we did a lot in England, I suppose we do here, it was taken out of a covenant. You shook hands and you could kind of not a contract, but a covenant just by the shaking of hands because your word was your bond. It's not quite like that now, is it? But we're looking at covenant. You see, what happened was, if there's somebody there, they made a, a covenant with the natives that were there, whichever part, then the person who you're in covenant with has to take care of you. So the one that would kill you once you're in covenant will now take you in and look after you. So uh, I think it was Stanley, he had 50 scars of the covenants he made with the tribes people. So all he had to do was go into a place and lift up his hand. I always wondered when the Indians, you know, the Indian cowboys, and the Indians would come and say, how? And, and I'd wonder, there's something more to it. Well, you see, they would see all the scars of the covenant we were made through the cutting and the blood flowing, which meant that they couldn't harm them because they were under protection of the people made the covenant, they made their covenant with. You see, these scars were always kept visible. So they rubbed ash into it, so that when it healed up, there was still the mark. That was a, a, a physical uh, mark. There's a Christian girl who was attending a church in a communist country. And she, she was caught by the communists and asking her, where are you going? And you see, it was her brother's church, and all the people within the church, if she told the truth, they, they would be killed. 
So she's asking for wisdom. And so she said, well, sirs, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to have the will of my older brother who died read. So we're going to go now and we're going to claim the inheritance that belongs to us. And she kind of put it that way, which was totally true, wasn't it? Our older brother has died. And now we can go claim the inheritance. So there are three re reasons for entering into a covenant. One is for protection. The other one could be for business purposes. And the other one is a love covenant, of course, which we, we've entered into that covenant. You see, when Jonathan and David entered into a covenant, it was like he gave him his robe, which meant, all I have is yours. Your debts are mine. He gave me his sword and his bow and his belt, which meant protection, which means your enemies are my enemies. If you could only let this uh, sink in. You know, everything of heaven now belongs to us because of covenant. He has us, and he thought it was a worthy thing to enter into this covenant so that we can have everything we need whenever we needed it. David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. He's got the giant in front of him. There's no way he could win the battle. But you see, he was in covenant relationship with God. The, the uncircumcised Philistine wasn't. So when, when he understood, you know, Goliath was, he was uncircumcised. <laughs> he said, you come against me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. He said, there's something about the name that we can claim everything. He said, because the battle is the Lord's. God was bound to fight his battle because he had a covenant. Uncircumcised, no covenant. And we have this covenant, and we've come to celebrate that covenant today just by having, having the, the, the drink and the bread. So look at one more thing. John 16, 23 says, Whatever you ask in the Father's name, he will give it to you. Then we are making the request as if we were Jesus. These signs shall follow those who believe. So it's like whatever Jesus did, we too can be like him and do what he did. It's, it's part of the whole covenant relationship. We are his body on earth and he is the head, so we have a legal inheritance. When we go and lay hands on people, you know, sometimes we think that somehow we've got to make it work. You know, every time I laid hands on people in the beginning, it was like, oh, God, please come. <laughs> that is, oh, can somebody get me another drink, please? <laughs> Thank you. But as time went on, I realized that there's nothing that I could do. So I could just be relaxed, knowing it's because I'm in covenant that he will be true to his word. And I can't take the credit if he heals someone. But neither can I take the blame if it doesn't at that time. And so you can relax. You can relax in, in the covenant. So 2 Samuel 19, 17 says, 
Is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I can show kindness to? Because David and Jonathan made a covenant before they ever had children. And the covenant was for them and the children after them. And, and, and the, covenant, the covenant was, I want to show you loving kindness. It's the same covenant. What I own is yours. Everything I have is yours. You have protection. And what about the debts? Oh, oh thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So in Matthew 26, 26, Jesus took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. And we're going to do that in just a moment. But David and Saul, they, they kind of grew up and things happened. And Jonathan died with his father. And so he, 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 the inheritance now comes to David. And he says, is there anyone left? And yes, there was a cripple living in Lodibar, which means the desert. That was Mephibosheth. And so they said, well, bring him here. Well, he'd been out in the wilderness crippled. I wonder how many of us were out in the wilderness crippled at one time or another. Maybe not physically crippled, but maybe emotionally or mentally. And so, so it's like you're out in the desert. And then, then the word comes to you. You've been invited to come and sit at the king's table. <laughs> you know, and everything that was your father's is now yours. It's, it's, it's a, a beautiful thing. And when it, when I like to look at the names of people and what do they mean. And Mephibosheth, it actually means from the mouth of shame. Because when, when, when they heard what, what had happened, Everybody's running away because they think they're going to be killed by David when he becomes king. And of course, the nurse dropped the baby who ends up crippled. And now he's going to get this major inheritance. And so this is the inheritance that we're taking today and it represents. It's not just, Lord, I need some help today. <laughs> it's, Lord, I'm taking my inheritance today. So when we grasp the fullness of what covenant is, especially the blood covenant, you know, it says, well, I belong to him. So it's not me doing it. It's him doing it through me. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Our debts are his. So I said, take and eat. This is my body. So let's take the bread. And let's eat it. Because his body was broken for us. So let us eat together. Father, we just want to thank you for the price you paid so that we could have everything that belongs in this covenant. And then he took the cup. And it says, drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the day I drink it with you, new in my Father's kingdom. 
So that's why we're doing this in remembrance of him, in remembrance of what he did, in remembrance of what he's doing today, but also in remembering what he's going to be doing in the future. We went away this week uh, to a conference. It was an amazing conference. I'll never be the same again. I still haven't decided what it was that happened. <laughs> but I believe it had to do with all of us. And uh, we're about to cross over. Now, the ones who were to take the ark into the river, it would have been harder for them because it was in flood. And the ark is pretty heavy. And so as soon as they put the foot in the water, that's when the water receded. So sometimes we've just got to go and do it. Step out. And that's when the waters part. Because uh, he's on a bound to keep his covenant. So we're going to drink it here today in remembrance. But we will drink it one day with him, you know, in the new Jerusalem, eh? <laughs> But in the meantime, Father, we just want to drink. And Jesus, we remember that you cut a covenant with us where the blood was flowing. And we drink of this in remembrance of your blood that was shed. And as we drink, we remember you. We remember you. You know, here's Mephibosheth coming from the mouth of shame and then he's told by David the king you can come and sit at the king's table every day of your life from now on and there's a table set in the wilderness and it's got everything on it that we need so let's take of it and not, not just follow a ritual but let us understand what it signifies and what we have today because of it so, God bless you as you drink this today. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Cindy, Cindy, thank you for waiting on the Lord. During worship, I kept looking towards the door. I could, out of the corner of my eye, I could see something happening. I kept looking. When I looked, there was nothing. Then I look again. It's a similar experience to what Pastor Ramel had a few weeks ago up at Yatla. Can we just pull that gain down a little bit, Pastor Ramel, please? And um, I said, Lord, what is it? He says, it's me. I said, you're welcome to come in. He says, no, there's people in here on the phone. He was waiting on us. Let me encourage you, church, when we come into the sanctuary, turn your phone off. Or don't answer it. Show some respect to our Lord. He's here now. He's coming, but he stood at the door waiting for us to wait on him. So thank you, Cindy, for sharing that. Yeah, this is his house, it's not ours. Therefore, we should be obedient to what his word says. Who was here last week? Who heard Brother Sadu's word over the church and over us individually? Who wants to be the church of Laodicea? Because we're actually worse than that. That's what he told us. 
He delivered it so sweetly, so sweetly that most people missed it completely. The church in Australia is worse than the church of Laodicea. That's not a good thing. Who wants to go on to perfection? Yes, me. So about half of us, awesome. That's about what I would expect. So who's willing to be obedient to the word to be able to go on to perfection? Who's willing to actually pay the price to go on to perfection? Hallelujah. I know I am. Anyone who isn't Mulaney knows there's a whole lot more brothers who do only scratch the surface here last week. So our good sister Sue, during Brother Sudu's first session in Mulaney, got a word from the Lord. And I've asked her if she could share it because it's quite personal for myself and, and Pastor Amanda. So I've asked her to share it. And I want everyone to listen. And then I will add a little bit to it afterwards. Sue, can you please share? Have you got a mic, Amanda? So yeah, I, is that working? I had a word um, just while I was sitting there during the first um, session. I just had a word for the, from the Lord. And this is what the Lord said. He said to Gary, Pastor Gary and Pastor Amanda, you have been called to a higher calling than you are currently operating. What is your calling? If you are not pastors, who is? Release them to... Release that per, those people to pastor so you can do what God has called you to do. And that's everybody. That's the people that are called to pastor as well as to yeah. Pastor Amanda and Pastor Gary. Look to the Lord to lead you to what you have been called to do. Give it to the Lord and allow him to lead you. Trust him to be in control. That's the Lord. You are not handing the church over to someone else. You are to operate in what the Lord has called you to do. Don't hold back. Fly like eagles. Give the Lord total control and follow what he is leading you to do. You have dwelt long enough. Get out of the comfort zone or you will die in the wilderness. You have dwelt here long enough. Sit at my feet and know me. And the scriptures I got were Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and he is understanding, has his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like the eagles. They will run and got, not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And also Exodus 4, 6. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Come on. Hallelujah. It's a big word. It's a very big word. <laughs> Amen. Do you hear that word though again? Covenant? 
Did everyone hear that word? We're not going anywhere, so don't panic. We're still the pastors of the church. But there's more. There is so much more. I'm just looking at how many people are here this morning. Pastor Amel, this confirms part of the word that Brother Sadu had for me through the week. Myself and the Gold Coast. A prophet is not respected in his own town. Is there anyone that was at Mullaney that wants to, just for a minute, share some of what was spoken over this church? I mean, it was spoken over me, but it's the church. I don't feel led to share it myself, but I want to encourage anyone that has, or anyone that wants to know what happened in Mullaney. Actually, if you were in Mullaney, put your hand up. If you want to know what happened up there, have a talk to these people. Because it's not business as usual. If you want to come to a nice seeker-sensitive church and hear great worship, four, five songs, communion, announcements, me preach for 15 minutes, maybe have another song and then go home, sorry, you're in the wrong place. This is not business as usual anymore. It was never business as usual to start with. But we have a calling. We have a calling. Would you like to share anything, Pastor Amel, from through the week? Yep. Any, would anyone like to share anything Gary, from through the week? It wasn't all recorded so other people could get on and listen to what you It was recorded, but you need to pay for oh. it. It's video on demand. Yeah. But we can, we can share it. So no one wants to... Share anything that touched them? You want to hold on to it and try and process it a little bit more? Let's do that then. Let's process it. Let me tell you a couple of things that are going to change in the church before I bring the word today. Firstly, let me share Acts 5.32 with you. The Lord gave me this yesterday. And we are his witnesses to these things. That's everyone that is here last week and was here or at Mulaney through the week. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. We have a work to do. I was called out almost every session by three of the five speakers. And I'm an introvert. I was hiding in the middle for a reason. (laughs) We're going to Japan on Wednesday morning. When we get back on the 25th, I'll be preaching on the 26th and then you will not see me for 40 days. You won't see me till Good Friday because Brother Sadu made it very clear that I have a 40-day fast to do. I'm the one paying the price for this church and everyone in it. So you won't see me for 40 days after that. But Pastor Amanda will be here, Pastor Mel will be here, Pastor Grace will be here. Church goes on, so don't stop coming. If you try and call me during those 40 days, you will not get an answer. Pastor Amanda will have my phone. So we need to do some things. We need someone to start looking after the social media within the church. Let me encourage you, if you're doing your Bible reading, I'm not going to be sending them out to you. You can go on the Bible app. It's there. I've been doing it for a month. It's time to stop feeding you milk. You can start doing it yourself. We expect our babies to grow up, right? 
So it's time to grow up, church. Also, during that time, the midweek videos that I've been doing will be, will be stopping because it was very clear. It's to be me, God, and my Bible for 40 days. So I'm going to need your prayer during this time. Starting on the, it'll start on the 26th. Pastor Amanda's going to need your prayer during this time because she will feel my pain. She's not fasting, but she will feel it. So let me encourage you, church. This is a time to get ready. Get ready. And then we need to keep up. There is change coming. It was prophesied, I don't know how many times through the week, that in June this year, the darkness will start to fall. It's already started, hasn't it? But in June, it's about to get worse. Get ready, church. When I come back from, from this fast, I expect to see a vastly different church. Maybe more people, it may be less, I don't know. But the Holy Spirit's guiding this. Is there anything else I needed to add to that, Pastor Amanda? Get ready, church. I mean, this seems to be a really solemn occasion, but I'm excited about this. You don't just get called out of a crowd of ministers and, and, and prophets. and you know, the, you know, there was more people in our church last week than at the conference. You don't get called out of a crowd and told to do a 40-day fast from the Lord straight away. This is something big for our church. To get excited. If you don't want change, that's Okay. There's plenty of other churches on the Gold Coast. But if you want to see the Holy Spirit move, if you want to see the kingdom of God, this is where you need to be. We had Last week we had two people, straight after Brother Sadu preached, try and snatch that seed away. The devil is a sneaky little bugger. But he has no place in this church. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer. Maybe I should preach a word. You think? Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Because we want His kingdom on earth, right? Who wants to wait till they die to see the kingdom? I know I don't. Jesus said to the disciples, because we want to be disciples, don't we? You know there's a difference between a disciple and a Christian? The disciples were the ones that got to eat with Jesus. The Christians were the ones outside. He said, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Who knows, I'm going to be praying that prayer a lot for 40 days. Give me my daily bread. Hallelujah. When I'm talking fast here, I'm not talking about, you know, not watching TV or cancelling Netflix for 40 days. I'm doing a proper fast. For 40 days, I will have water. Pray for me. Pray for me. 
but watch the Holy Spirit move within this church. So for February, we're going to talk about the new life that's possible through Christ. Who wants that new life? Who wants that new life? Yeah, the Lord's here. The Lord's here. Thank you, Lord. The Lord's here. And today we're going to talk about something the world needs, and that's the world needs love. The world needs love. The world's a messed up place. It needs love. Can I pray for our offering before we go any further? So I'm going to forget otherwise. There's offering cards and envelopes and stuff. You, you guys know the drill. Welcome to all our new people too. You've come in a, in a time of change. So if this seems a little bit weird, I'm sorry. But the Lord is moving. We're just being obedient to what the Lord has said. Let's pray for the offering. Our Heavenly Father, we praise you for loving us while we were yet sinners. We realise the extent of your love by the gift of Jesus and his sacrificial death on the cross. Lord, we praise you for continuing to love us. Even when we're active in temptation and trial. And we thank you for forgiving us and fortifying us. Remind us that to whom much is given, much is required. Church, there's a price to pay. We ask you to impart comfort on the bereaved and healing to the ill, Lord. Lord, those ones that aren't at church this morning because they're sick, heal them in Jesus' name. Lord, impart power to the spiritually weak and joy to the downcast. Lord, we present our gifts to you today in the hope that they will be used to help your church minister to people in need. We give in order to share your love, which we have so generously received ourselves. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So our giving boxes are at the front. There's some buckets that will go around. Mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't know about you guys, but this week has really messed me up. <laughs> this week has really messed me up. Everyone needs their pastor to be messed up, right? In a good way. In a good way. So the text we're going to look at today is 1 John 3.1. The command to love. It says, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Hallelujah for that. That we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Do you understand that? We've got friends and family that don't understand us, don't know us, don't particularly like us. Think we're crazy. Who's got friends and family like that? Colleagues at work. If you haven't, hang around a little bit longer. The world don't know him. So they're not going to know us. They're not going to understand us. 
The scripture reading, the, the scriptures we're going to work through today are 1 John 3, 11 to 18. Let's read them. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We've all heard that message, right? Verse 12, not as Cain who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? I was asked this question a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago actually. It had nothing to do with his offering. Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. His brother had prepared. His brother worshipped the Lord. Not so much Cain. Verse 13, do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. That should dispel any myths, right? We know that we have passed from death to life. Has everyone here been baptised? You've passed from death to life. Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Ooh, that's a bit prickly, isn't it? You don't love your brother, you're living in death. You're abiding in death. Verse 15, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Oops. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Deftly silent all of a sudden. And it talks about the outworking of love. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. I'll share a story with you about that in a moment. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love the world, let, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Pastor Ramel broke my heart through the week. Do you know that? He leans over to me during one of the sessions and goes, you're my big brother. Oh, yes. That's what it's about. He's my little brother, but only in stature. When you see him in spirit, he's huge. He's my brother. 1 John 4 7 to 12 talks about knowing God through love. We've got to get this church. We're coming into a time where darkness is going to be everywhere. Do you think COVID was bad? That was the warm up. The players weren't even on the field, they were warming up on another pitch somewhere else. Get ready. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who love, who, sorry, who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen about that? He's here for us. In this, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Nick shared it a couple of weeks ago that once Jesus becomes sin for that moment, God had to turn his back on him. He couldn't look at him because he'd become sin. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love, 
sorry, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. We heard a story through the week and I really feel led to share this because the church has preached it so wrong for so many years that once saved, always saved. Rubbish. We heard a story of some Christians that ISIS had captured and they were all lined up. And as they were given the choice, renounce your God and turn to Islam. No. Next one, no. Next one, no. I'm not sure how many it was. There might have been eight or ten of them. Each one of them, up until the last one, lost his head. The last one said, yes, I renounce God. I will become a Muslim. They let him go back to where all the other ISIS fighters were. And when he got there, one of them said to him, so you've renounced Jesus? Yes. They cut his head off anyway and said, you are a traitor to your religion. Guess which one didn't end up in heaven? He lost his salvation at the end because he renounced Christ. Get ready, church. I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that to get ready. You can lose your salvation. That man did. These were pastors. Lost his salvation at the end. Someone says, renounce Christ or lose your head. It's like that. Your spirit's gone. You're not going to feel it. Don't turn your back on him. One of the most basic needs that we have is to be loved, right? And God has met this need in Christ. Because of Jesus, a new kind of love is possible. And it's at work in the world, in our world. The truth is, he loves us. Jesus is not here to condemn us. He loves us. God is love. We've all heard that before. Yeah, we used to see it when the, the planes would be up doing sky riding. The big heart equals love. 1 John 3, 1 makes it clear that God loves us. When Martin Luther's translation of the Bible was being printed, I'll tell you a story. A piece of the type fell to the floor. And the printer's daughter found that section which said, For God so loved the world he gave. That was the only section that was there. So she runs and she shows her mother. And her mother said it didn't make any sense. Gave what? And the little girl, this is the type of faith we must have. The little girl responded, oh, mama, it doesn't matter if God loves me enough to give me anything. I don't have to be afraid of him. We don't have to be afraid of God. We don't have to. But we've got to get out of the outer courts. We've got to stop playing with the children and start growing up. Go on to perfection means start moving towards the holy of holies. I spoke about the crowns a few weeks ago, our rewards. We can have a plain gold crown, that's great. But don't, want, don't you want all the others? We can be saved, we can punch our ticket and say, well, we're going to heaven. 
or we could actually work for the kingdom. Many think of God as a harsh, judgmental or indifferent being toward the world. But what about the gift of love? I used to be like that. I used to be that person who said, well, if God loves me, why am I going through all this stuff? Why is the world like it is? Why, why, why? But when you realise that we are fallen and a lot of the stuff that we blame God for is actually our own stupidity, we, we make decisions, bad ones, more often than not. Don't blame God for that. When we turn to him and say, Lord, help me, he's always there. How do we know that God loves us? This is how God showed his love among us. He sent the one and only son into the world that through him we might live. That we might live. Who feels worthy of that? Good, I'm glad no one put their hand up. Because none of us are worthy of what he's giving us. But through him, we're able to serve the kingdom. We're able to serve him. When our worship prays of a morning before they start, they're not worshipping for everyone sitting on the seats here. They're doing it for him. Him and him alone. They worship for an audience of one. Nick was sharing with me through the week when they do Passover. They always have a chair pulled up. The cross is God's bold demonstration of love. Because he loved us, he sent his only beloved son to suffer the shame and agony of crucifixion. If you don't know what it would have been like, imagine your ankles are nailed to that tree. And the only way to get breath is to push yourself up. They were actually suffocating to death. Take a breath, drop back down. Until you need another one, try and push yourself back up again. That's what we deserve. But he took it for us. I'll have Apostle Dye's communion this morning because it's, it's my message. I was actually ready just to sit there and say, just keep going. Because it's my message today. Because he loved us, he made a bridge across the gulf of sin that separated us from him. Remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus? They could see each other. The rich man saying, go back and tell my brothers. Just give me a drop of water. Because he loved us, he made a bridge across that gulf. He was driven by a loveless world outside the city walls. We are driven by a loveless world outside the walls of this building. Yeah, we love unbelievers coming into the church, but don't bring them here to get them saved. Get them saved, then bring them into the church. There's scriptures that actually tell you that. It's not my job to get someone saved. Jesus hung on a cross for us. For us. This was a message from God to the world saying, I love you. I love you. Church, I love you. Therefore, I will not eat for 40 days because I love you. 
and I'm obedient to him. Everyone knows how much I love food. This is no walk in the park. What's the example of Christ? We need to get this, church. This is our second thing today. We are to be inclusive and we're to be active. We need to be active Christians. We're not sitting on the bench. We're not sitting in the stand watching the the game play out. We're actually part of it. A lot of what we see happening, I had a discussion I think was with Arnie Paddy just a couple of days ago. A lot of what we see happening are people running around doing stuff. Oh, we, we went down into Cavill Avenue and we prayed for these people and they all got saved. Rubbish! That's activity. That's not discipleship. That's not loving them. Because as soon as you pray for them, they go straight back into the nightclubs and the brothels. Be active in the kingdom. I'm actually at the point now where I don't care if I upset other churches. Because we don't compete with them. We do not compete with any other church in this city or in this world. We're following what the Lord says. We are not an entertainment-based church. We have a guitarist in this church, in our worship team, that's worked on a couple of hundred albums. He could be playing anywhere, but he's here for the Lord. We are to live out the pattern of Christ's love. That's how we know what love is. What is it? By considering the example of Christ being the perfect pattern of love. Let me kick over another sacred cow. Most of the prophets in this city aren't prophets. And my phone's going to be turned off for a few weeks, so. <laughs> True? Most of the prophets in this city aren't prophets. Several of them are actually witches and they have massive followings. Wake up, church. If you're watching online, wake up. The way to respond to others is to walk in his steps. That's why I can say what I just said. What would Jesus have done? Would he have called them out? Or would he have just walked straight past? I'm not encouraging everyone to do that, by the way. Unless you know that the Holy Spirit has told you and you're ready for a fight. You heard what Brother Sadu said over me last, last weekend. My walk is going to be a violent one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when I walk in beaten up, you guys need to come and patch me up so I can go and do it again. His love included all people and it was active in their lives. We love our children. We try and be active in their lives, right? We were so excited that our youngest one got an apprenticeship this week as an electrician. That's all he's ever wanted to do. We celebrated. Hallelujah. We can be active in his life. Pastor Amanda had so many questions, I couldn't get a word in edgeways. Hallelujah. He's not saved. But what comes on us flows down because we're not a dam. 
We're not holding it back. When the Lord bestows a blessing on us, we let it flow. Jesus faced many untouchables in his day, didn't he? No one wanted to touch the lepers. They went out in public and cried out, unclean, unclean. So people knew that they needed to avoid them. Perhaps we've got some lepers sitting in the house today. Perhaps we come across them in our daily lives. Talking spiritual lepers. But Jesus went out of his way to touch those lepers, didn't he? They needed his love. The Samaritans were also considered social untouchables. Jesus ministered to the Samaritan woman and he honoured every Samaritan in his parable of the Good Samaritan, didn't he? No one wanted to talk to the Samaritans. They crossed the road when they saw them. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Jesus had fellowship with the religious untouchables. People who did not scrupulously keep the law and were regarded as ceremonially unclean. Yeah, we've got a few of them in our city as well. Those ones that say, well, you, you can't eat pork. You can't, you, you've got to live the Levitical law. You've got to keep the Sabbath on a certain day. You can't say Jesus. You have to say Yahweh or even spell it out. It's religion, people. We have a relationship with our living God. I'm not sure who said it through the week, but we have to treat Jesus as a friend. He's still God. But he's our friend. When we pray, we can talk to him. Pastor Amanda's heard me do it a few times and I wake up in the morning, Lord, how was your night? Most of the time he's woken me up about two o'clock in the morning, so I know what his night was like. We can talk to Jesus like he's a friend. That doesn't make us unclean in the eyes of all the Pharisees and Sadducees that are out there. Jesus saw each person as valuable and full of potential. Who believes they're valuable? Five people, awesome. Everyone is valuable, everyone. And you're all full of potential. You're all ministers in the kingdom. That kind of love is the pattern for every Christian. 1 John 4.11 says, Beloved, that's you and me, beloved. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Turn to the person next to you and tell them now how much you love them. Because we are meant to love one another. Lucy, love your sister. (laughs) If God so loved us, we should love one another. And I know it's hard. Some of us are prickly. I can be prickly at times. Ask Pastor Amanda, she'll tell you. But we've got to love one another. Seven of us shared a small apartment through the week. (laughs) No one was prickly. It's almost like we had all our thorns pulled out before we got there. If God so loved us, we should love one another. A question for you. Can his love be seen on us? Can his love be seen on us? 
Some of you can answer that out loud. Some of you should probably answer it under your breath. If you're not sure, don't ask me because I will tell you the truth. You know what, this is going to be so good. No one's going to come to me for pastoral care <laughs> because I'm just going to tell you how it is from now on. I normally, most people who have done pastoral care with know I just tell you how it is. But there'll be no like tea and bickies beforehand. It'll just be, here it is. <laughs> I've just freed up so many hours in one statement. It's awesome. So we can ask ourselves, can't we, who is our brother? This is my brother. <laughs> We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. But I know as we go through the battle, as we've been going through the battle, I know Pastor Amel's there beside me. He's the one that when, when the, the devil's trying to beat me up, I know he's going to be there punching him in the face. When in love we seek people in need, don't we? When we love people, we seek those people in need. And that's when we discover who our brothers and sisters are. We naturally tend to love those who love us or share our values. And too often we demand change before we show love in everyone else, don't we? If you just do this, this and this, well, I can love you then. That needs to stop, church. That needs to stop. Ladies, if you are looking for a husband or you're married and you expect him to change, stop it. Don't do that. That's not the way it works. And gentlemen, if you're married or looking for a wife and you expect them not to change, stop it because they will. Yeah, that's the, the two things. People get married and the husband says, oh, Lord, I hope she doesn't change. And the wife often says, Lord, I want you to change him into this. Doesn't work, people. But together, if you knew us when we first met, we were both saying, Lord, you serious, this one? Those rough edges start getting broken off. And we're one. We are now one. Agape love, though, includes everyone and actively seeks to share Christ's love with them. We saw so much love through the week, it was amazing. I had people stopping me in the street who I, I don't know, they weren't here last weekend, saying how much they loved our worship. Now, they didn't see it online because it wasn't posted until Thursday. They weren't here, but they loved our worship. So in the spirit, they're seeing what happened at church last weekend. Random people on the street, two hours away. That's love. Two young ladies chased me down the street to tell me. And that's for you. They're telling me this to share with you. Hallelujah, church. We may be few in numbers, but let me tell you, when you look at the battlefield, we are mighty. Agape love includes everyone and actively seeks to share Christ's love with them. Share Christ's love with someone this week, please. 
Perhaps even pick the most prickly person you can find and share it with them. And then the next one gets easier. Love of Christ is exclusive and it's eternal. Christ so loved the world, he sent his only son, but the world has to make a decision. As sons and daughters of the Most High God, it's an exclusive position. The world doesn't have what we have and they will not have what we have until they make a decision for him. And what we've got is eternal. What we have is eternal. They can take me this afternoon if they want because I know where I'll be. The love of Christ is not gullible or naive. Somebody needs to hear that today. We have too many gullible Christians, too many naive Christians, the same ones that are following these false prophets and false teachers. Stop it. Wake up. This church is nearly four years old. Stop drinking the milk. I said to Pastor Ramel yesterday and Pastor Amanda, Pastor Grace, I'm not preaching milk anymore. We've been preaching get ready and we've been preaching keep up. We're not preaching milk anymore. If we love God who is holy, we cannot love the things that are against Christ. Let me say that again. I'm sure everyone heard it. If we love God who is holy, we cannot love the things that are against Christ. Churches closing because of COVID, that's against Christ. Pastors throwing people out of their churches because they're not vaccinated, that's against Christ. Yes. Not reading our word, that's against Christ. Not loving our neighbours, that's against Christ. Not worshipping the Most High God, that's against Christ. Should I go on or do we get the point? Not being obedient, not giving, not praying, not studying the word. It's against Christ. But Pastor Gary, tithing is Old Testament. Yes, it is. So give everything because that's New Testament. This isn't a message about money, by the way. We love sinners. We love sinners, but we don't love the sin. Gay pastors, gay worship leaders. Sin. We love the sinner, but we do not love the sin. What's being forced down this, the throat of this country at the moment and has been for the last few years is absolutely disgusting. I said to Pastor Grace yesterday, I love this country so much, but it breaks my heart, the direction it's heading because the church is so weak and so wishy-washy, Jesus loves you, that we've just swallowed that pill of deception. Where's the church? Why is the church not standing up against this rubbish? Yes, we, we have a government. We are, yes, we are. We have a government that is trying to bring in apartheid in our country. If you've been to South Africa, you know what I'm talking about. This voice to parliament is racism, dividing the country. I'm not gonna get political. I've gotta stop doing that. But we need to wake up church. 
every church should say, no, enough is enough. We will serve the Most High God. We've got to stop listening. Who thinks the government's going to save them? No. Good. I've only been preaching that for nearly four years. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Just say no. You know, we could have stopped this COVID rubbish in about six months or less if every church just said no. 600,000 people live on the Gold Coast. 58% of them identify as Christian. How the heck did we have lockdowns? Every believer should have said no. We are not playing that game. Wake up, church. Wake up. We love the sinners, but we do not love the sin. You know what was sin in the Old Testament? Is still sin today? Anyone tries to tell you otherwise, tell them they're a false teacher. What was sin in the Old Testament is still sin. Do we want to see our city like Sodom and Gomorrah? Because we're going to see some cities like that. Pastor Amel said something to me yesterday. I'm not going to share it, but it is stuck in my mind about Satan falling from the second heaven. It is stuck in my mind since he said it yesterday. I might let him share that over the next few weeks while he's preaching. But you're right. I absolutely believe you are right. There was a shift last week. Anyone notice all the earthquakes? Syria, Turkey, three in Israel. Lots of things happening in the world. (laughs) Get ready, church. Get ready. 1 John 2, 15, 16 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. Hallelujah for that. It's not saying don't have nice things, but do not love them. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Even while we were having breakfast yesterday morning, myself and Pastor Mel and Pastor Grace, while we're having breakfast, talking about the Lord's things, this young lady comes and sits next to us, wearing next to nothing. The lust of the world, right? She sat there till we'd almost finished. She had no reason to be there. She had a takeaway coffee. We're sitting in a cafe. That's what the devil is like. Do not love the world. Do not lust after the things of the world. It was actually said through the week, and I'm going to share it. Yes, Lord, I will share it. Now is not the time to be having children or buying houses or any of that sort of thing. Because you may actually just get attached to the world by doing that. Christ's love is exclusive. Christ's love is also eternal. Look at verse 17. And the world is passing away. Who can feel that, that the world is passing away? And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. 
Not many of you know, but Pastor Amanda, before Brother Sadu came last week, was having stomach pains for about two weeks with those birth pains, that something's being birthed. And then she got the word, was it through the week? On Sunday, Sunday night while we're having dinner, that we are birthing. She is birthing mature Christians, not babies anymore, mature Christians. Get ready, church. Now is the time to keep up. We'll run slowly for you to start with, but we need to get fit. We need to be ready to go. I saw our sister Vonnie through the week. We love Vonnie. I'm praying that she can find her way to the church. She lives on on the northern side of the Gold Coast. Here is, let's say, mature lady. Watching her worship with the energy of a teenager. Get ready, church. That's what we need to be like. That's what we need to be like. Get ready. Get filled with the Spirit. Fire up. I can't light the fire for you. I can only preach the Word. Those who receive Christ by repentance and faith, (laughs) repentance and faith begin to do God's will and become united with His love. Who's got faith? Who likes to repent? Narrowed the numbers down pretty quickly, didn't we? Repentance and faith united in His love. If you've got nothing to repent for today, what time is it now? Quarter past 11? I say you need to look harder. You've only been awake for a few hours, right? You need to look a little bit harder if you can't find something you need to repent for now. Paul affirmed that nothing could separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord in Romans 8.39. Nothing can separate us until the day like that Christian that was beheaded by ISIS, that we deny him. Many, 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 many people who call themselves Christian will deny him, sadly. Few are chosen, right? Few are actually chosen. When I get to heaven, I expect to see every single one of you there. Every single one of you. I don't want to be there saying, where's so-and-so? While at the last minute, they they just couldn't do it. They wanted to see their grandchildren or their great-grandchildren grow up. They they hadn't paid their house off or they just bought a new car. They got a wife. Remember the, the marriage parable? all the excuses why they couldn't actually go to the feast. I'm going to be at the feast, are you? Few are chosen. Church, we're chosen. We are chosen. I'm going to finish up here, Pastor Amanda. Probably no word in our vocabulary a hard word to say after you've been talking all week, vocabulary, is as misunderstood as love. Would you agree with that? We apply it to food, 
clothing, different tastes, romantic relationships, religious experiences. But it's not the true meaning, is it? We say we love food. We say we, we, we love our pets. But it's not the same. In Christ, the true meaning is available though. And the world desperately needs that love now. Desperately needs that love now. And the church needs that love now. There are some churches that are so dried up because there's no love in there. So imagine what the world is like if the church has no love in it. I'm going to leave this question for you before we worship some more. Can the world see that love in us? Can the world see that love in us? I can answer it for you, but hey, you're the church. You are the church. I've heard many of you say it. That's the biggest excuse people have for not going to church. I am the church. I don't need to go. Okay? Good luck with that. Eternity may be quite warm for you, if that's what your opinion is. Can the world see that love in you? Don't answer it out loud, but think about it. In the coming weeks and months, as we start preaching and prophesying and teaching, you know, it, it was prophesied last week that this is an apostolic and prophetic church. Therefore, there will be teaching. Church may go a little bit longer than an hour and a half. But we need to get ready. Are we ready for it? Are we ready to show the world what love looks like? Are we ready that when one of our brothers or sisters is ill, we're there praying for them? Not just saying we'll pray. That's what most Christians do. Yes, sister, I'll pray for you. And three days later, it's like, oh, I forgot to pray for sister so-and-so. What do you mean they're dead? You missed the opportunity. Get ready, church. Grow up. Get ready. Let's start getting into the meat. We might start with mince to start with, so it's a little bit easier to chew. But we'll be onto the steak by the end of the year, right? Maybe even a couple of ribeyes, Pastor Amanda. What do you think? So get ready, church. I think Pastor Amel's got something he wants to share. Can you see my brother here? Can you see how big he is in spirit? Get ready, church. Pastor Amel, please. My brother. Praise the Lord. He's my brother. <laughs> Amen. And I love him. Amen. We're going to um, take on the devil together? Yes, we Amen. <laughs> um, I just want to revisit what the Lord has spoken to Pastor Gary last Sunday. And let me read a portion of it. It says, My dear son, Gary, I have prepared a way for you a path of righteousness for you 
which your eyes have not seen before, neither has it entered into your imagination. But that which you have prayed, seeking to know me, seeking to know my glory, and seeking to have a deeper inner court experience with me, I will answer if you be willing to put away all that which hinders you in pick up my cross and to follow me then I will cause you to be fruitful cause your wife to be fruitful and your children to be fruitful and will cause this church to be a fruitful wine a fruitful bowl for it will bring forth fruits I, this is what I sense. Because with a follow-up word from the Lord for Pastor Gary during the conference, Pastor Gary will not be limited in this church. I believe in my heart that Pastor Gary will be used mightily in the body of Christ for the whole nation of Australia. You believe that? The Lord just picked our pastor for a bigger purpose. And there's always been an if in the word of the Lord. And I believe He is responding. That's why He is going into this 40 days prayer in fasting. An example probably if in the coming days, I just foresee that that Gold Coast Convention Center will be filled with people, people of God, and there will be conferences. And who will be speaking in that conference? I don't, I don't know the maximum capacity, but it will be filled. It could be Pastor Gary who will be leading in that conference for the whole of Australia. Not, in, not just in Gold Coast, and in different states. That's what I perceive. It will be for the whole Australia. Church, we have a role to play. Brother Sadducees, we there are five groups of people in this church. There are some who just simply love to face the good word, to taste the good word of God, but they do not practice it. There are another group that likes to see that demonstrate the works of God but they will not do anything about it. Then there's a third group. They will like to look out for the happiness in the church, look out for offenses that will come to the church, but they themselves will not be participator in the prophetic workings of the Holy Spirit. 
Then there's another group. They are babies who will not grow beyond the babyhood stage unto perfection. Are we going to allow these five groups in this church? The fifth group are those who are loyal and faithful and willing to go on to perfection with the Lord. Come on. If you believe that you are in that group to walk through with the Lord, to go on to perfection, we have a role to play. Pastor Gary is just in the forerunner for us. The words that he received, we are all part of it. It is not only for him. It's not only for him and Pastor Amanda. It's actually for every one of us. Do you agree? Can you lift up your hands if you agree? Let's respond to the request of our brother, our pastor, Gary. He needs prayer. 40 days is not as easy. Even the Lord Jesus himself, he needs prayer. Pastor Amanda needs prayer. And we are here as one, as one body, as one church. I encourage everyone that we will have that full support for them. If you remember Moses, when he went to Mount Sinai and wait on the Lord, what happened in the wilderness? What did the people do? They built an idol. And we do not want that to happen in this church. We do not want that to happen in this church. We want to be as one as, as the Lord will download that plan, that files that the Lord has planned for Pastor Gary. We will wait faithfully and stay as one and do our part to go on to perfection. Amen? Amen. Can we pray for Pastor Gary? Or... We're going to have to pray for Gary um, because like what happened to Jesus at the end of that 40 days when he went out, it's when Satan tried to attack him and that's what's going to happen. Gary will be attacked because he'll be weakened physically and we're the family and we need to be the backup. We need to be praying and we need to be remembering him constantly through this 40 days and after the 40 days because it's going to take him time to recover and we have to be there for him. And I feel there are people that are thinking, I want to pray but I don't know how to pray. Let me just say, pray in tongues. Just pray in tongues if you don't know what to pray. And then the, God might lead you to pray something in the natural. But just pray in tongues. Have a 
scripture that goes with that word for Gary about the violence. Matthew eleven twelve, and from the days of John the Baptist until the new, till now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth, suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. And that's what we'll be doing. That's what we'll be doing. We're taking the kingdom of God by force, and that's the violence. Amen. So can I invite everyone to stand up around Pastor Adai? Can I invite Pastor Adai to pray, to lead us in prayer? I also got the same scripture. You know, the violent take it by force in uh, bringing his kingdom to earth. Father, we just want to thank you for uh, Pastor Gary and Amanda. Father, you've brought us around them to stand with them. Ask, Father, as we go through these uh, 40 days, that you go through them, but we're with you in it. Uh, that, that, Father, you will, you will make it like that scripture about standing and being going to we've never been before but Father let it be such an excitement rather than a scary thing because as soon as they put the foot out there the water just parted so I ask for strength Father for them for all of us in leadership and all the others that have joined us that's why I was attracted to come here in the first place because it was different we don't want to do the ordinary every day as it used to be. So we're so glad to walk with you and be in it with you. So we just um, carry them in our hearts, but in many different ways. In prayer, maybe some provision. Lord, we ask you would lift them up to a place that we, they've never seen before. In order to bring heaven to earth, sometimes we've got to be there to bring it. So I ask, Father, that you would lift us up to a, a greater place in the things of the Spirit. That even from today, Father, it's a new way. So, Father, anoint them afresh. Father, all of us in leadership, Mr. Amal and Grace and family and myself and all those, Father, that are with us, intercessors, we all have a part to play and you're the one that brought us together and we want to say thank you. But we now ask for an anointing for the journey, each step of the way. Father, we want to see visions, we want to see dreams. And we want to prophesy. We want to be a part of the new. That a blueprint will be written. And that many will come along and say, how did you do it? And it will be already there, written for them to follow. For there is a part we play. Many of us for years have had the vision of Australia leading in, in, in a world revival. 
But Father, for the journey towards that, we ask for your strength, your power, your love. Oh Lord, it's your love that drives out all fear, your perfect love. Father, consume us, consume us with your love. ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Before I do the benediction, encourage everyone next week. We're, we're actually going on holidays this week. We have a good friend of ours, Pastor Shane Cunningham, coming to preach, so welcome him. He's a man of God. Yeah. He will bring a good word. Yes. I'll be back the next week, and then you won't see me for a while. But keep praying for us. And may the Lord in this coming week bless you and keep you. May you see his face and not his hand. Because you know if you see his face, you get his hand as well. May this church be blessed this week. May the church work, work out and walk out the word preached this morning. Because we are a church of love. So be blessed this week in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.